pencil in the apocalypse. I gotta get up at five o'clock in the morning and sparkle, Neely, sparkle. I know what some of your big city no bra wearing hairy legged women livers might say. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Maximum Film. It's episode 242, so you know what to do. It's your host, Siffy Wadiway, and in the booth with me are my friends. So let me introduce you to Rams. First up, the Christmas zaddy himself, rated on iffycomedy.com as best critic, whose name starts with an A, Alonzo Duralde. What's good? I'm sure there are even other critics out there who start with an A that are better than me, but I, I'll take it. Great. Aunt Thank Thompson's you for that. Pit. <laughs> exactly. David Anson shaking his fist. So uh, this was a big week for the folks at the Hallmark Channel. First of all, because over the weekend they aired a movie called Love Classified that had a lesbian relationship in it that was actually kind of the A story. So that was exciting. Ooh, and it was, yes. a, it was a really well done movie. It was smart and, and, and well written. And I, I super dug it. And uh, some major like, you know, lady smooching midway through. So like good on you, Hallmark. And then I don't know if these two things are connected or not, but it was announced um Earlier this week, that Candace Cameron Bure is now going to hustle herself over to GAC to be with her old buddy Bill Abbott, who used to be the head of Crown Media and is no longer going to be the queen of Hallmark. And as somebody who watches Hallmark a lot, that's just that's just really good news for me because I'm not a fan. Sorry, I, I if you if you're if you're into her action, that's that's great for you, and you can watch her on this other network. But I no longer have to because. The vibe I always get from her is like church lady who says she loves everybody, but you know, is just dying to call me the F word to my face, but never would. And you know, you know the vibe I'm talking about. I very much. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I prefer the lady smooching vibe you were speaking about earlier. <laughs> As vibes go. Yes. A much yes. better one. Yes, indeed. <laughs> well, you know, that other voice you hear is none other than this super festival program, indie producer combo, and voted on iffycomedy.com and the world itself, uh, Queen of the Midwest, Trey Clark. What's good? All right. It's... um. It is double jury week for me. Um, as you know, I'm queen of the Midwest from my home in Los Angeles, where I've lived for over 20 years. But um, in exile, I, in exile, <laughs> got my jury summons this week, and I am on day four of because you have to check in every night, right? Of right. getting the you do not need to report in person tomorrow. So I have one more day. But uh, which tells me I'm absolutely not only going to get brought in on Friday, I'm going to end up on like a murder case or something. At 3.30 in the afternoon. Absolutely. It's going to, but whatever. But so far, so good. And uh, simultaneous with this, in the, in the rarest of um, confluences, I'm on the Seattle International Film Festival jury for their new directors section nice so the good news the best news about me not having to report is i'm not having to watch these amazing films crouched over a laptop like <laughs> in the huge courthouse like airport <laughs> terminal looking building where they hold the jury and instead i'm watching them crouched over a laptop in my home <laughs> just kidding but i'm watching some amazing <laughs> films please do look up the seattle international film fest if you are able to see anything still, please do. I've had my mind blown. Double jury duty. I don't know if it's changed from the pandemic, but the Seattle Film Festival used to be like the longest festival. Like it it's would so last long. like an entire month practically. And all I thought was like, who is doing all the laundry? Because like <laughs> I, I I do a festival for like five days, six days, eight days. And by the end of it, like, thank God I am, I am married to somebody who takes care of me because when I was a singleton, like it just, you know, I, I would get to the end of it and, and be down to like you know, a tuxedo and a, a t-shirt with holes in it. Like these were the choices <laughs> that were left. I didn't know how the employees of the festival actually could muster the, the will to live, <laughs> let alone the housekeeping required to, to, to do a festival that goes on that long. Yeah. It, it's great. <laughs> anyway, that's a whole other come to my Ted talk. <laughs> yes. You know, we're known for our amazing guests and look, this week is no different. We have another amazing guest, someone who, if he, comedy.com voted as best critic whose name starts with a J film critic for the LA Times Justin Chang what's good hello thank you for that uh, it's good to be here with you all I'm gonna Al Alonzo your thing about festivals and laundry just reminded me that 
the, the last Venice Film Festival I think we were at together, mm. you may not remember this, but I they lost my luggage and oh, it was God, sweltering right. heat Oof. and I, you know, was like washing my underwear oh. in the sink of the hotel. It was just like, and it was so disgustingly hot. It was one of the worst experiences ever, which is not one of the things you want to. Um, I, I'm imagining uh, you in like, in like all brand new, you know, resort wear because that's all you could get. If you, you know? if you asked me to describe the mindset, I would not want the critic watching my film in while at a film festival. <laughs> it would just, be everything you just said. The words damp underwear are top of the no. list. <laughs> well, it was the worst too because I wasn't even just there in my capacity as a as a reviewer. I was like giving a tour to like LA Times readers and I had to be like on and yep. I had to be like oh. presentational and it was just... <laughs> They were fortunately a very lovely understanding <laughs> bunch. But fortunately, I am not... This is not August, September 2019, and that is not happening right now. Um, I just spent today writing about Petite Maman, um, which was a great way to spend the day. It's a lovely new film from Celine Siama, which is opening this week. And not to get ahead of ourselves, but I recommend that to anyone who likes movies, and maybe some who don't. Yeah, yes. I, 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 I will see it soon, and I can't wait to uh, have a ball. Oh, if you're going to have parental verklempt like nobody's business, I just I'm, gonna, I'm just warning you yeah. now. You're gonna oh. all all of all of your daddy feels are just going to come bubbling up like crazy. And oh, on that topic, what's good, sir? Whoa, what's good with me? That's a good. Uh, Don't segue. ever give him a segue that includes the words "daddy feels." No, no, uh, you should no, know look, better, look, sir. No, Dre, I'm I'm daddy, and uh, I know. You know. Shout out to everyone listening who's been a good girl. Oh, uh, <laughs> I don't know where to look. <laughs> <laughs> um, had to take yeah, it uh, yeah. Well, you know, it wouldn't be me if it wasn't me. Uh, I got a new tattoo for Attention Topagorn Logon, so that felt good. But the only thing is, I always forget. <laughs> I forgot uh, that you know tattoos uh, hurt. Uh, like uh, it was on my thigh, and it was. And this is my first colored tattoo. Everything has been like line work, and so they have to go in and shade it. And yeah. it's like. Yeah, oh boy, it was a it was a wild ride. So I'm trying to think because everything I have on me right now is a nerdy thing. So I'm, so I don't know uh, which cinema thing I'm gonna get tatted on me. I'm deciding between Judy, uh, <laughs> not actual Judy Garland, but Renee Zellweger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it will always it'll be a portrait of Renee. Please have the rest of your life be people Judy. try and tell you how terrible your tattoo of Judy Garland is, and then you yeah, correct but, them. Yeah, yeah, no, it's actually. But the other thing that's good is I finally started Atlanta and the first uh. episode is uh, whew, it's, it's, it, it, it's really good, creepy, and Atlanta is my favorite Trojan horse in TV history mm. uh, because the, if you would have shown s- season three, episode one, after the pilot episode, people would be like, what are what? Right. <laughs> you know, I can go on and go on and talk about other good TV things, but we're talking about good cinema and we're talking about a new movie that may be headed to a big screen near you, but never to a small screen. Moria. Then we'll take a hotline call about movies it seems like no one has seen. But first, it's time for Itadick, our movie news segment called Itadick. That's short for Is This Important? Do I Care? Where we go through the week's hottest movie news and uh, try and answer the question if it's important or if we care. And there was so much movie news in the past few days that it'll be hard to choose. But there was one breaking story that we simply had to bring you. There was a, it was a story that at well, let me let me get the the the, the timestamp <laughs> that today at uh, at at eight twenty three a.m. I tweeted the Max Film Group chat breaking news, and I tweeted well, nine tweeted, alarm girl, emoji. You texted. You texted. Yeah, yeah. I te- in our group to the Tell ya, texted, and and they definitely had the loud effect where it shakes. So when they open, they saw, and it's that the tenth Fast and Furious movie has its title. We've known for a while now that this installment in the primary Fast and Fu- uh, Fast and Furious series was coming, but at long last, the high octane gods have come down from their supercharged thrones to give us a title, and it's Fast X. <laughs> 
Is yeah. this important? Do you care? Are we supposed to be pronouncing the X or just saying 10? Uh, I'm let going us to be calling it fast Roman numeral 10. That's what I'm. I'm assuming that's what they want. Fast X sounds like a product that you would get at Walgreens uh, in yeah, yeah. any number of departments. Um, well, that's the next step after Gas X. Yes. Uh, you take the Gas X and the Fast yep. X. It could I mean, be a real shady skincare thing. Is it, yeah, it, yeah it, a lot is, of. Are they crossing over to the Fast and Furious universe with Ty West's uh, horror movie now? Maybe that I would be down oh. for. Like, you yeah. know, Mia Goth behind the wheel, you know? <laughs> That's so specific. Um, Alonzo, of course, immediately replied to our group chat because he, since the beginning, has said it should just be Fast 10, your seatbelts. Oh. It's, it's, it was I sitting mean, right there. And, and, and right there. We, we are making this joke in front of Justin Chang, who is <laughs> the king of puns. Go, go, go read his that. review of The Northman at the Los Angeles Times, <laughs> where he says it puts the art before the Norse. I beg you, go read that. <laughs> um, yeah, Fast 10, your seatbelts was just sitting right there. Like, And I'm not the That's, only person on Twitter that made that joke, but it's been sitting there for years. And I guess they just decided that was too, too clever by half for this franchise. Listen, as you know, my only hope for the narrative of Fast X, I'm sorry, Fast Roman numeral 10, is I want them to say that Jason Momoa is the Rock's son, even though he's like eight years younger. Close that loop. But that's all I want from that. Like, much like for so long we wanted them to go to space, I just have everything pinned on Momoa being called the rock son. If, if they and if they do that, it's definitely going to be like a throwaway line where it's like he's so much hotter, cooler, and easier to work with than Hobbs. Yeah. <laughs> Hobbs Jr. Hey, you guys. Speaking of movies, I'll never let go of that. As a no, it, it always works. Always, it works. always works. Yeah, yeah. So Tom Hanks, apparently a lifelong fan of the Cleveland baseball team that is now called the Guardians, threw out the first pitch at the team's home opener this week. If you're wondering why we are discussing a sporting event, it's because (laughs) joining movie star Tom Hanks on the mound was Wilson, his volleyball co-star from the 2000 film Castaway. Wilson had been secretly outfitted with the remote control unit so that the ball could move around on its own. And we have a clip from Marissa. He's coming off the mound. He's not going to throw from the rubber. Okay, that's insane. There he goes again. <laughs> this has got to be stakes. Wilson's got a mind of his own. <laughs> oh, my God. Maybe it's remote controlled. It's Maybe. I feel like we should be describing this visual. <laughs> it's Yeah, they've got it rolling around. Oh, and Tom is Hanks classic. is looking befuddled. I was hoping he would be yelling, Wilson! I guarantee there's no way that man left without yelling out Wilson. So, yes, they put this uh, secretly motorized (laughs) volleyball with a bloody handprint face on the field. And I will say it was kind of adorable. Is this important, team? Do you care? It would be more important if I thought that was the Ridge Wilson, but they have a big yeah. Cleveland C on it, so I'm assuming yeah. it's one they 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 tarted up for the occasion. Because <laughs> the idea of Tom Hanks still being in possession of Wilson and not having like parted with it at a at a Planet Hollywood at some point over the years, like it gives me you know a little bit of joy. Well, it got him through all those years on the island. You think exactly. he's gonna? Movies they, are real, right? They're yeah. tight. They should be tight. <laughs> of course. Uh, this is important to me, but only because I'm probably going to derail this harder than any uh, <laughs> it addict than we ever had. Because over wine yesterday, me and the fellows were hanging out and we were trying to come up with the white counterpart of Chris Rock and Will Smith at the Oscars. And someone said, Tom Hanks walking up to smack Dana Gould. And, <laughs> and now I can't stop trying to figure out what would be the white counterpart of the Will Smith Chris Rock slap. Let us know in the Facebook group. Like I, I would say Tom Hanks going up to slap Jerry Seinfeld. I would say Tom Hanks going up and slapping like Lorraine Newman. You can do a lot more random. Those are like white guys in the same age realm. Yeah, I, I want to think that one of them would be Alec Baldwin, but I'm not sure which one. <laughs> I can't believe you took our benign story about this stupid bo- volleyball at a baseball game, and somehow we are once again talking about the Oscar slap. Oh, just, just wait till you see the Facebook group light up. <laughs> 
Did you see that the Tony producers actually put out a statement being like, anybody slaps yes. anybody, you're out. They now have like, you can't say we didn't warn you. We're announcing this in advance. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Amazing. Oh. Uh, okay, let's bring it home. So uh, the, uh, there's an art house theater that is testing out a bring a friend ticket sales strategy because that's where we are right now. Uh, the Angelica Film Center and Sony Pictures Classics have a new scheme to get people into theaters. Their bring a friend back to the movies initiative will offer anyone coming to see the new movie, The Duke, a free second ticket for a buddy to use. The Duke, uh, which opens the, uh, the day this episode drops, stars Helen Mirren and Jim Broadbent, tells the true story of a cab driver who stole a portrait of the Duke of Wellington from the National Gallery in London. Is this important? Do you care? Okay, I definitely want to discuss supporting art house cinemas, but can we all agree, as people who know film, I cannot tell you a film cast and pitch that has sounded more like Sony Pictures Classics <laughs> than the Duke starring Helen Mirren and Jim Broadbent telling the true story of a cab driver who stole a portrait of the Duke of Wellington from the National Gallery in London. Could we get Maggie Smith and Colin Firth in there, possibly? Like, honestly, if you're ever trying to figure out, like, the flavors of all of the... Like, oh, I, I feel like I have A24 sussed out. What's Roadside Attract... That right there is Sony yeah, Pictures That's the Classics. Sony Pictures Classics Mad for Lib. them. <laughs> it's meant to be good. And, and on that, like, they're the ones funding this, right? The idea of... So, yeah. you know, it's tied in with this film because yeah. that's the hope in the Angelica Film Center. Great place I, to do You know, it. look, I, I think yeah. the the, to, the current times call for, for drastic measures. And it's interesting that they are going to do this for a movie that is that is hitting the we're talking, you know, they're giving away a lot of senior citizen tickets on this one. I want to just randomly guess based on the target demo of this movie um but you know what look i, I as somebody who is veering into that territory myself i will say uh i maybe waited a little longer than most to start going back to movie theaters again so i understand why if you are north of 70 um and you really you know did not want to like deal with the the way that the world is with with this sort of you know lax mask mandates and whatnot that yeah maybe you've been hesitant about going back into the theater but take it from a near uh, uh old goat myself uh keep your n95 on you'll be good you know who i want to take them up on this who's that i want tom hanks and that bb aided wilson <laughs> to roll their way into the angelica to enjoy the duke Hell yeah. yeah. Up and down the aisle, the whole dang movie. Yeah, I do. I will say again, in all earnestness, worth um, repeating myself numerous times, I really do hope that this film center and the demographic that they're like hoping to get back, I think, is people who have missed out on the community and the wonder of going to the movies. I, sound, the I hope I sound like Amen. Nicole Kidman in the AMC thing, but... There is something magical about that experience, and it has been a suck-ass time for it, and it is easy to be wary of it. And I'm with Alonzo, and I'm still, I'm like, oh, I'll go to a matinee by myself if I can see there's only four other people in the theater. <laughs> but if you're, if you're feeling that and you're able to take advantage of this if you live in New York, and if not, like, those are the places that I would, that so many have been shut down. Whatever you can do to support those art houses. Or or Dallas or other cities that have an Angelica yeah. Film Center. Um, and you know what? That's a perfect tie-in to tonight's movie, which is also something that uh, you are going to have to see in the theater. And it's having done so, I will say it's worth it. But more Clever. on that. Did truly, yeah. Well, I'm going to save it. So if you want to hear it, you're going to have to stick around. Because we're going to take a break. But when we come back, what is that strange sound? It's us talking about Memoria. We'll be right back. Oh my goodness. As y'all know, I'm a coffee nerd. I love me some coffee and I can't get enough of some beans. And thanks to Trade Coffee, I'm about to try this Estrella Gallito from Blueprint. It has like a sweet and tart taste, which is something I like. You know, I like a nice sweet tart flavor because I drink my coffee black, which is why I like trade. You know, they get my flavor profile and try and supply me for that. Okay. Okay. 
You can choose how you would like these as whole beans or ground for however you do them. My mother uses trade coffee and she uses those cups. And that was how they provided for her. And she's super happy. They'll also guarantee if, that you'll love the first order. And if you do not, they will replace it for free. Oh, right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping. When you go to drinktrade.com slash maxfilm, that's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash M-A-X-F-I-L-M and let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's D-R-I-N-K-T-R-A-D-E dot com slash MaxFilm for $30 off. Soylent, the original food tech company, makes delicious and nutritious nutrition products in convenient formats, such as Soylent Complete Meal, which is a convenient ready-to-drink shake, Soylent Squared, which are delicious and balanced 100-calorie complete nutrition bars, or Complete Protein if you want to make your own shake. So my husband got diagnosed with type 2 diabetes last summer, and part of the life changes that he's been making to bring down his A1C, which he has been doing, uh, has been to give himself a little something to eat every couple of hours. And one of the things that he finds to be really convenient in terms of being satisfying and easy to deal with and packed with nutrients is those Soylent Squares. Uh, They're handy, they're delicious, and it's the kind of thing that he can shove one in his pocket, and if we're going somewhere, he knows that he can hit his two-hour mark and have something... Uh, good and good for him to have. Uh, it's healthy. We're not driving through a fast food place. Uh, it can be a meal replacement. It can be a snack. But uh, whatever it is, however you consume your Soylent, it's going to get you taken care of in the ways that you need it. Ooh, that's what's up. So if that sounds good to you, go to Soylent.com forward slash MaxFilm and use promo code MaxFilm to get 20% off your first order. That's Soylent.com forward slash M-A-X-F-I-L-M and promo code M-A-X-F-I-L-M for 20% off your first order. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Maximum Film. I'm your host, Ifi Way. In the studio with me are... Drea Clark. Justin Chang. Alonzo Duralde. Memoria is the new movie from Thai director Apichapong Virasakul. That is only... And I do mean only playing in theaters. It stars British actor Tilda Swinton, and it had its world premiere at Cannes, and it was Columbia's Oscar entry for Best International Feature. So truly an international production. Uh, And since we're taking turns, this week it falls to Drea to summarize Moria. I completely missed that till this very second, but no problem. Super easy movie to describe. Very, just definitely a, a just consistent narrative. But it, it is. To compare to his other films, and the director, as Alonso pointed out, who goes by Joe for Western audiences, um, it is. We are in Colombia with um, Tilda Swinton's character, who we're following, who awakens one night because she hears this really loud noise. And you discover she is repeatedly hearing this noise and in her trying to track it down. She is connected with a sort of sound engineer of sorts. And he's helping her try and replicate it and then maybe source it. And then um, one day she goes to see him and finds out he doesn't exist. No one at the building where he works knows who he is. And so she's like, okay. And so then she ends up going... Um, into the forest jungles and makes a new friend who has attributes like possibly the older version. But why would that be the case? Who knows? And uh, she's there. They have some it's it's there is both a lot and a little going on in this film. I feel we can agree. But yes, our sort of through line is the sound and then all the other sounds we're getting and Tilda um, living there, speaking half of her dialogue in Spanish and uh, having us follow her along for the ride. Memoria. Spelling yes. style. <laughs> I mean, right off the rip, I'm going to just jump right into it. And right say, off the rip. Right off the rip. You know, uh, th- once I got to the end of the movie, I'm like, okay. I know exactly why they're road showing it. This is this is great for you to just kind of experience it. Just really go in, 
go for a ride and see it. And, you know, especially why I think we're going to do our best not to spoil it because of that. Also because of just Also try. Just try and spoil it. Exactly. I know. Exactly. Even if we told you what happened. If ever a movie lives up to April Wolves, it's not what happens. It's how it happens. It's this movie. (laughs) Like, I can literally describe the last scene to you. You'd be like, no. No. Justin, I think, you know, one of the reasons that we wanted to have you on tonight was to maybe give a little context of this filmmaker and maybe what 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 got us to this point and, and how it sort of fits in with what he always does as a director. Yeah. Um, Apicha Pong is really... It's been really exciting to see his career over the past... Um, gosh, it's, you know, more than 20 years now, I think, yeah. or getting getting there. Yeah. Um, I still remember, you know, he, he's he been at Cannes many times, uh, you know, Tropical Malady, which is one of my favorite of his movies. Um, I remember playing in competition and people were like laughing it off the, not laughing off the screen, but they were just, there was just this very kind of what I think of as a pretty anti-art reaction of just like, what is this? This is incomprehensible. This doesn't deserve to be at the best festival in the world. So, and then, you know, you flash forward, like, I think, uh, six years later, and Uncle Boonmi, who can recall his past lives, wins the Palm d'Or. And so there's this been this this um, this embrace of, of Joe, of Apichapong, and it's been exciting to see someone whose movies are so, um, you know, very much a mix of nar- narrative film and the avant-garde. You know, the, the fact that it's doing this roadshow thing is very... Fitting, not just because this movie absolutely should be seen on the big and screen, heard. but and heard more importantly, or as importantly, um, but because you know he is someone who comes or, or is steeped in sort of the gallery world too. I mean, he's a visual artist as well as a, as well as a filmmaker, and so the idea of a traveling art exhibit, which is basically what Memoria is, um, is very very fitting. This is his first movie fully produced outside Thailand. And as if he said, it was Columbia's Oscar submission, which was interesting because normally Thailand is Thailand is submitting him. Um, and it's funny to what Drea was kind of alluding to. I think this movie will seem absolutely mystifying to a lot of people. And yet it has more footholds to it, I think, than just about anything he's made. I mean, one of those footholds is Tilda Swinton, who I just think is mesmerizing, even though she gives this performance where she's rarely in close up. And when there is a close-up, it's really impactful. But for the most part, she is this sort of distanced figure, and you're just sort of watching her body language as she's walking around, you know, Bogota and 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 in the in the forest nearby. Um, but also, just even the fact that she is conducting this investigation. This movie is a detective story. It's like a sonic detective story, and even though bizarre and mystifying things happen and 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 don't happen some of the time. I feel like that gives it this kind of narrative thrust that if you're open to it, I, I feel like this is actually his one of his most accessible films. And I know that's on a relative sliding scale for him, but sure. but as someone who loves this filmmaker and finds his movies just completely inviting and enveloping, um, even though they can be challenging as well, um, I really I'm really excited to see just even just the response that Memoria has gotten so far playing in theaters like in Los Angeles and New York, and it's moving to others. You know, so I think it's great. All three of you did get to see this in a theater, correct? Yes. 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 So I, I saw, I did, I was able to see a screener of it. And I say that sort of mixed because I, I both would have liked to have seen it, but I already discussed my sort of apprehensions of things. Um, and then I was also tied because I knew the only way I could see this was on my laptop because I needed my headphones. I was like, I have to get the I it's one of those rare things where to me I, I was choosing audio over visual of of which to prioritize and and I was glad I did but even with that it was this it was a blend I watch a lot of challenging stuff and I still found um those moments of this is the kind of and I say challenging that can always sound sort of um like a pejorative Broccoli. or dismissive right. and I mean it I'm kind of excited by a challenging film. Um, I mean, certainly I'm sure there's trash films that other people could call challenging, but that's not (laughs) how I'm using it. Um, But for me, in terms of when I say challenging, it's it's this falls in that line of these are the kinds of movies that are asking you to be challenged, right? That you're having to engage in part of his style. And certainly with this 
if you are someone who is not used to a very long take, where you are there for so long that you have already guessed ahead because we're viewers and we're kind of used to guessing ahead. And I know what happens in movies. There's probably someone going to come in. So you're watching it. You've guessed ahead. That hasn't happened. I'm still here. I'm still in this shot. So there's something about it that's, that's kind of needing you to do more work than you would often do. And I find that can be really rewarding if you like that. But I also know that's something that can be very distancing if you're like, why don't they have, they have this Pontiac in space yet? What is happening? <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I, I'm, 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 I'm excited to hear your different reactions because I know like even between Alonzo and Ify, there's well, a world of difference of yeah, background no, of I, your familiarity. I, I, I want to hear director. if he's sort of take as somebody who I think I'm, I'm assuming this is the first time of his films that you've seen because I I'm, I was armed with a couple. Dave's a super fan, so yeah. like he he's really into these, and I I love the ones that I have seen for the most part. Um, but but yeah, but if he was coming in cold, so I'm I'm kind of yeah, curious how correct. that went. What if he wasn't? What if we found out his his backup name for his daughter was going to be Uncle Boon Me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a real twist. Yeah, no, this was my first one, and I kind of came in expecting it to just be an experience, just through the roadshow experience that was originally planned out. So I, I went in, and I, I just kind of sat there and enjoyed it, and kind of let let me experience it. And it, I think it's kind of like you were saying, like a lot of these like very long shots that. Really, you know, I f it, it, it really makes you appreciate, you know, the artistry of it because I f like it, it in a way through its, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I want to say like its openness and like it's just kind of plain delivery. It, it kind of like helped me understand how much, how often, you know, most other movies are kind of telling you what to pay attention to, telling right. you what to look at, to kind of guiding your hand. And in this one is just presenting you these moments that you're kind of taking in and, and kind of coming to your own conclusions, especially when, you know, he disappears and it doesn't lean any way to be like, this must be what's happening or this is why he's disappeared. It just happens. And you're watching her experience it. And all you can do is just start to guess for yourself. There's no there's no hand holding to lead you into any way of thinking. You're just supposed to take it. So I so you know to uh, to quote Justin to himself. Yeah, you you feel like the detective. You feel like you're trying to somehow help Tilda out, even though <laughs> she can't hear you. She can't even hear the sound she's trying to hear. Uh, you know, <laughs> you know. But you're just so it was it was a really fun experience and it, and it and honestly it made me glad that i did watch this by myself in this theater because i feel like i have so many like nerdy film friends that they would try and like be telling me their process while they're doing it and i'd be like bro please shut the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, I, but it's true though. i think there is a very kind of sort of Broy school of film yeah. analysis, which is like it's a puzzle, and I'm going to solve it, you know, mm -hmm. and I'm going to figure out what all of this stuff means, and you know, like you would read those like long articles about like you know Memento or Mulholland Drive, where they're trying to explain it all and fit all the pieces together, and this his movies defy that, and this one I think does as well, and I think it is more about like you said the journey of it and the experience of it than sort of like trying to you know you know ferret out the clues and 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 make it mean something i mean you're right you explain that to people they're like what you know but that's that is so not the point of what he wants to do and i think that if there's a through line that i found in his work is this notion of like this kind of collective unconscious or the the idea of places having memories that people encounter as they enter them. Like there's a movie called Cemetery of Splendor where you have all of these soldiers who have a sleeping sickness. They've been put in a hospital in that it, that used to be a, a, a grammar school and the grammar school was built on this like ancient battlefield. And so actually all these comatose soldiers are still helping to fight this battle in the spirit realm because the place itself is charged with that memory, you know, or in Uncle Boonmi where it is, you know, he literally can recall his past lives. So he's 
constantly being reincarnated it's and he right remembers there. all the yeah. pla- exactly it's in the title all the places where he's been and all the places all the things that he has been over the course of these lives and so for Tilda Swinton's character to be in Colombia and like have this sound and try and track down what the sound is and to meet both Hernans especially the second one who has this you know like thorough memory of all these not only everything he's ever done but all these other things that have happened long long before he ever got there and I think at one point they say like I'm a hard drive and you the Tilda Swinton character are an antenna you know and and that kind of encapsulates that's as close as we get to any sort of explanation if you want uh, of things um they've bought the coffee table book that they that that mm. Bersethkun put out for the film and apparently the reason that Tilda Swinton's character is named Jessica is because uh, of the character in uh, she's named for a character in a movie called I Walked with a Zombie uh, for the Val Luton did back in like the 30s or 40s um, about a woman, a, a British woman in, you know, uh, uh, I guess Jamaica or Latin America who is like comatose. But then at night she like, you know, is it, 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 she she walks, you know, and uh, and and that's he, he you know he gives her the sister who's in, in the hospital and yeah. in the coma in this one and so I mean yeah there are these little pieces that you can sort of string together if you want but the beauty of it is to just just let it wash over mm-hmm. you let it be like a you know I, I really I relate his movies a lot of times to this like when you're when you're kind of nodding off and you you jerk awake but like in that seconds before you wake up your brain starts working in that weird dream mode that you can't explain or piece together that's what i get out of his movie that's his language he said too like you know if you tell him i fell asleep during your movie he'll get really excited yeah like, like you interact what part did you fall asleep in <laughs> i have a really good friend a critic friend who says there are certain movies especially you know art films like this that move at this kind of very languid pace that in some ways you haven't seen them and fully entered into them until you've fallen asleep during them like that takes you to another level of engagement and Apichapong really gets, I know he gets energized by that. He actually wants to know, like, because there are... Oh, yeah, I dare you not to fall asleep in Cemetery Splendor, because there's these long shots of the comatose soldiers, and there's these, like, (laughs) Sleeping sickness. Yeah, yeah, these these colored (laughs) lights that are in the room to make them sleep, and it's a long-ass take, and so you're like, you just, you can't not, you know? Yeah. When I'd heard about this, and when Tilda Swinton was cast, at first I was like, well, she seems like I'm going to find an A-list actress to pair with Joe, Tilda Swinton's one of the few that I feel like could communicate, like could speak in the language that he does. So I I liked that. But I also loved the idea of, you know, you often get the, oh, this is the first Western film or the first film outside of like their native language or whatever. And it's like, oh, and it's made in Manhattan or whatever. (laughs) And instead, this is, yes, I'm going to reach out of Thailand. I'm going to Colombia, obviously. I have Tilda Swinton. I will be pairing her with no one you know, and <laughs> she will be speaking Spanish for a lot of it. And those are the choices that I'm like, you do. Well, you know, we, we, we forget Tilda Swinton started with Derek Jarman. Like, you know, yeah. like the, she comes out of this very sort of hardcore art house, uh, you know, origin, and then over the course of her career, like become somebody who wins an Oscar for being in a movie with George Clooney, but I think always stays true to the, her, her roots. So like, you know, she's Almodovar's, you know, first English language leading lady. And now she's, she's, you know, Vera first language leading lady. So I, I like the idea that she's just going to globe trot and like, you know, find, yeah. you know, like, and, you know, Wahiri Kaniyu, somebody, you know, like is going to, it's going to, Matty Diop is going to make, you know, uh, the, their movie with, with, with Tilda Swinton, you know, I think it's interesting that she is sort of like the most eccentric thing in anyone else's movie and like the calm anchor in this one. <laughs> That's and such a good point. To me, it struck me as kind of, uh, she's she's a stand-in for us. She's taking us through the movie. Sure. I see it as she's sort of an avatar for, for, for Api Chepong as well. Like in a way, he is acknowledging his own outsider status to this culture, which I think is a very characteristically humble thing for him to do and saying like, we're approaching this through someone else's eyes. I may not, this is not my culture, my custom, but I'm going to just take it in. And there are references to, you know, to what Alonzo was saying about how, you know, there, a lot of um, his movies have been about 
political turmoil in Thailand. You know, there are these uh, these oblique references to that. There are oblique references to the history of Colombia in this movie. There's yeah. references to the indigenous people living in the forest somewhere where 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 Tilda Swinton's character may or may not end up. There are references to the armed conflict that has been going on there since the 1960s. But he's not giving you like this history lesson like, oh, this is the revelation and it's just, it's like some return of the repressed thing. It's just, he's just, he's just kind of immersing and saying, maybe it's this and maybe it's that. But I think the profound takeaway for the movie for me is that it's kind of about the attitude in which you should receive it. And that's a very tangled, tortured thing to say. But like, it's sort of like, I feel like, Tilda Swinton's character teaches us how we should watch this movie. She's just going around with her eyes and ears wide open. She doesn't know what the hell she's doing or where she is or why she's there, but she's just open to it. And she's being this antenna to Ernan's hard disk. And she's just emptying herself out to use lines from the movie. She's emptying herself out. And that is actually what I think movie going should require of us and a movie this that i think is this spiritually and philosophically profound should require and i actually think that this movie conveys a sense of empathy like what it actually you know we see a lot of white heroism movies white tourist movies here is sort of something that may look like a white tourist movie but actually isn't because it actually says that like it takes a lot of energy it takes a lot of will to actually completely just subtract yourself and just listen like, listen to what's going on, you know? I mean, I know that's just my... I, I find the movie just incredibly worthwhile just for pondering that aspect of it. Well, I mean, on that note, yeah. I think we got to go straight to the review because, <laughs> you know, that's where we got to end it. So as we uh, review things on here, we have three ratings. Screen it, stream it, and skip it. Screen it being the highest, stream it being mid-level. Skip it uh, is pretty... Uh, pretty Pretty right self-explanatory. Yeah. So yeah, Justin, off that, even though we know, I'm pretty <laughs> sure what your pick is going to be. Why don't we kick it off with you? Uh, skip it if you hate art and are dead inside. <laughs> no, but um, but if you are not, uh, absolutely screen it and um, and you you can't stream this because it's not going to be so you know for a while for a while. I mean, who knows this this strategy that that. Um, that the distributor Neon is presumably never making it available on DVD or home video or streaming or what, what have you. It's only going to be playing in theaters a few cities at a time in, you know, for the indefinite future. Um, and if it comes to you, I say, yes, please seek it out. It is worth every one of its two hours and change and then some. Yeah. Two and a half. <laughs> two and a half. A little under. Yeah, I don't know. It's Ish. Yeah, I'm I'm a screen it as well, with the caveat of in addition to if you hate art, but also um like I found this a very special film that felt like so like I said, rewarding to me as a movie lover. But also if you've listened to this discussion and have like rolled your eyes more than once or are like, ooh, I don't like any of fine. There are other films to delight and amaze you and trust in that because I do think it is a, a unique view and maybe not for everyone but I, I I encourage people if it sounds like something you might be into and you get the chance because it is more of a rarity um, to take advantage. Yeah, if, if Sonic 2 rather than a Sonic detective story is what you're looking for then you know no shame in that game. Uh, I am for sure a screen it. I, I actually got to see it both ways because uh, they Neon did send out a, a, a DVD at the end of the year, which opened with Tilda Swinton and Joe being like, you know, you really should see this in the theater. Uh, but at the time, it was the only way I could watch it, and I, th- you know, I thought it was terrific. But then going out and seeing it again in the theater in the dark with that amazing sound mix going through you know the million speakers made uh, uh just just kicked it up several notches so by all means screen it you know uh check the website find out when it's going to be uh coming near you and you know make the effort it's absolutely worth it yeah I'm, I'm team screen it and like yeah even if you rolled your eyes you should screen it mostly just because yeah this is going to be an interesting experience for you there's there's only you can only see it a limited time that alone should you know make it exciting for you and if you come out at least you know it'll make you feel something you know and apparently you won't have to feel guilty if you take a nap somewhere in between yeah exactly director approved (laughs) director approved naps (laughs) we'll be right back after we hear from another show from maximum fun so stay right there
Max Fun Drive 2022 starts in just one week. Monday, April 25th. We'll have exclusive Max Fun Drive gifts, awesome episodes, bonus content, and you know what else? You'll just have to tune in. We have some tricks up our sleeve. Sleeves? Tricks? Is it plural? We'll catch you next week, the greatest time to support the podcasts you love. Max Fun Drive starts on Monday, April 25th. Don't miss it. If you're sick of constantly arguing with the people closest to you about topics that really aren't going to change the world, we're here to take that stress off of your shoulders. We take care of it for you on We Got This with Mark and Hal. That's right, Hal. If you have a subjective question that you want answered objectively once and for all time for all of the people of the world, questions like, who's the best Disney villain, Mac or PC, or should you put ketchup on a hot dog? That's why we're here. Yes, I get that these are the biggest questions of our time, and we're often joined by special guests like Nathan Fillion, Orlando Jones, and Paget Brewster. So let Mark and Hal take care of it for you on We Got This with Mark and Hal, weekly on Maximum Fun. Welcome back to Maximum Film. I'm your host, Ify Wadiway. In the studio with me are Alonzo Duralde, Justin Chang, Drea Clark. Now it's time for us to check into the hotline. Marissa, play that call. Hey, what's good? Maximum Film or formerly Maximum Film? I don't know. Um, anyway, I love the show. Uh, I had a movie a conversation that came up with friends and we were talking about movies that you have seen and that you love and nobody else has seen it. And it makes you feel like you are in a simulation or you are, you are, you are losing your marbles because you have heard of this. Nobody else has heard of this and you love it. Uh, one example that I can think of, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. I love that movie. It's kind of not great now. It hasn't aged great, but it, I, I, I remember seeing it at the time. Nobody else had seen it. Um, discuss. Yeah, I'm so curious of what y'all going to say about this. Because to me, I'm like, I hang out with so many movie nerds that I don't think I could say a film that at least one of my friends was like, yeah, I saw that. I thought that. And, you know, and I'm thinking it, the only things I could think of are like, you know, the Skinamax stuff that I've, you know, checked <laughs> out in passing. Uh, but like, yeah, like is even kiss kiss bang banger like a lot of my buddies love uh chatting it up about that one um and really the only thing i can think of which it was funny because friend of the pot luce kind of knew of it is like guitar wolf but that's like because like it's only on a dvd that i i mean uh sorry wild zero and it features Guitar Wolf. And that's because it's like a very niche <laughs> Japanese J-punk band about a zombie slash alien invasion. So, yeah, that's that's. Yeah, what, I have no but, idea what you're talking about. Yeah, I, 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 yeah right and I don't now. feel weird. I don't feel weird when people say it. I'm like, yeah, I know. That's a I think weird you made thing. up both references. <laughs> <laughs> what about y'all? Yeah, I'm kind of the same. Like most of the ones that I that I could come up with, believe me. Like I know I, I'm I'm friends with the guy who was the movie geek on the old uh, MTV game show Beat the Geek. So he, <laughs> I, there's no stumping him ever. Um, but if, if you know, th this did sort of send me down a rabbit hole of like movies that I hadn't thought about in a long time that I really liked. And of course, like none of them are streaming. It's crazy. You know, uh, there was a movie called Moonwalk that I remember where it was, or sorry, Mindwalk rather. And it literally, the entire movie is Sam Waterston, John Hurd, and Lee Ullman, like, walking and talking about philosophy and life and, you know, the future of the planet. And I, I was very into it. And it is, you cannot find that film anywhere. But yeah, ask the right nerd. They're like, oh, yeah, Mindwalk. I remember that one. Man, I thought I was the right nerd. <laughs> and alas. So I'll say in terms of, like more popular like to me i'm like oh kiss kiss bang bang yeah sure everyone would know that but it is what we were kind of talking about before we started recording is your breadth of knowledge has a lot to do with how you'd interpret a question like this and i can think of a thousand films that played or that i programmed at indie film festival yeah that i think are great and special that you know seven people saw and i was thankful for them um but on a uh, so I'll do two. On a broader level, there's a movie called Shag 
that I loved <gasps> growing up. I love up. Shag. Right? It was like Bridget Fonda and Annabeth Gish and... Phoebe Cates. Phoebe Cates. Annabeth Gish. Did you just hear? Yeah. It is no. Annabeth Gish. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking I said Lillian Gish. And I'm no. like, wrong, Annabeth wrong Gish. era. Phoebe Cates and uh, Daryl Hannah's sister, Paige Hannah. Paige Hannah and Robert Russler and Scott yes. Coffey. Yes. And I love it. And I'm sure right now, like, there's definitely, it was like in the South, there's for sure like a Union Jack moment that's not great. Or a, uh, why yeah. do I know my flags? Not, anyway. Uh, yeah, Stars and Mars. There, there definitely <laughs> Thank you. is. Yes. Shag, great. Female director, writer, great. But the one I was thinking about in terms of, oh, a movie that I've definitely referenced in the light of, it's there was a, a slightly un well no definitely unauthorized not officially connected sequel or in the Fargo cinematic universe there's a film called Kamiko the Treasure Hunter by yes. David Zellner yes. which I love and like for people who love Fargo I'm like what you haven't seen Kamiko and they're like well, I've never heard of that and I find it very in the same. Um, like the the texture of the Cohen brothers of just the oddities and the specificity, but it is it's about this Japanese office worker um, who's dealing with some other stuff who becomes obsessed with the case of money that's thrown away into the snow in Fargo, and uh, yeah she gets her scoots her little self over to Minnesota to look for it in real life. And it's weird and fantastical. And the amount of people, especially when I bring up the Fargo connection that are like, I think you're making that up. <laughs> I'm so glad you mentioned Kumiko, the treasure hunter, which I remember seeing it, which is a terrific movie that, you know, with Rinko Kikuchi, right? Is the yes. lead. And she, and it's just, you know, that movie actually, you know, the, the Zellner brothers. Yeah. And my, my recent staff pick uh, Norwegian wood. Yeah, there you go. Mm. She's terrific. And, no, my it's funny. I kind of agree with Alonzo that it's it's hard to stump friends, colleagues. I mean, critics see, of course, see a lot that uh, regular audiences don't, and then programmers are just you know, even a cut above that. I mean, they see stuff that critics never even see or hear about, and it's just and you're welcome for it. They're so grateful <laughs> for you, you for sifting through the chaff. But there's also but there's also a lot of gems, and you know uh, that that just do not get seen even by those of us whose job is to see it and i would just say one i was thinking about how to answer this question and the title that weirdly flashed back and this is <laughs> this is going to win a lot of fans i know people are going to rush out to look for this which you can't because you can't i don't think it's streaming anywhere and i don't think this movie even got properly released in you know in the u.s um i could be wrong but this is a movie called sierra nevada Ooh. By the Romanian director Christy Puyu. Um, yes, who, I've seen it. <laughs> who is, you've, Alonso, I figured, has seen it, and you know, it's, you know, this was a, it was a can. It was in competition at can, and I reviewed it for the Times, which I made a point of doing, even though it got like only like a one or two night engagement, which normally wouldn't necessarily qualify for a full review. But I was like, dang it, I, I Romanian new wave, baby. <laughs> Romanian, you know, this is this is the guy who did, you know, the death of Mr. Lazarescu. He's a major filmmaker, and so um, it's. But this movie was. Um, you know, makes Lazarescu look like, I don't know, the sound of music. And so it's like... Yes, you want to see a I, lot of Romanians in one very small apartment yelling at each other for two hours? Have, this is your movie. I got the movie. Do too. I? <laughs> and it's P.S. It's, it's awesome, I, yeah. I Oh, I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one who thinks... I, I absolutely love it. And so, but uh, yeah, that's that's uh, that's obscure enough, I think. Solid. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, well, you know, that that's, that's the perfect place to wrap it. If you're the person who left us that message... We'd love to recognize you. Yes. So let us know. Yes, thank you. Good question. Definitely good yes. question. Thanks for calling. And remember that if you have a question for the hotline, you can send a voice memo to MaximumFilm at MaximumFun.org. And now it's time for staff picks. It could be any movie at all. So, Drea, why don't you go first? You guys jumped the gun slightly because it's that good. But Petite Maman was my favorite film last year. And it is finally out. It's finally visible. I saw it at Toronto Film Fest, I think. Um, it is Celine Sciamma's next film. Um, you may recall me speaking a little bit passionately about her last film, uh, Portrait of a <laughs> Lady on Fire. I maybe talked about it a couple of times. <laughs> a little bit. But 
this could not be any different. Any more different. But it is still very recognizable her. It is a very slight film, but only in length. It is so simple and economical. I cried for at least the last 30 minutes. If you are a daughter or a mother, or you know anyone who's a daughter or a mother, get ready. But no, it's incredible. It is a whole fantasy sci-fi element that you're like, how did she just, how do I know what's happening? It's so clear and so simple and so complex. It's fantastic. Petite Maman. That was like Celine Dion when she said, this song goes out to all the children of the world and all the parents in the world. (laughs) Yes. So everyone, okay. That's exactly who I want to see, Petite Maman. No, I I endorse this for sure. Once again, Celine gets me. Yeah. <laughs> if you like Salines, both yes, yeah, say Dion and Siama, they Siyama both get or Dion. Exactly. Oh, beautiful. <laughs> so this is a wacky one. Um, I've never ordered a movie from Microsoft before, but apparently they have films. And as we were going through our list of like dimly remembered films we liked from ages earlier that have disappeared off the map, so many of my choices, like you know cold-blooded and mind walk and whatnot like couldn't find him couldn't find him couldn't find him i did however find this is a movie that when i bring it up people have never heard of it can't believe it exists the actress diane cannon whom i love from from 70s films like bob and carol and ted nallis and the last of sheila in 1990s starred in and directed a film called the end of innocence about a woman's coming of age uh having endured stiflingly guilt-inducing parents and bad relationships until she cracks up and goes into therapy and sort of figures out how to stand up for herself and be her own person and not, like, you know, be pushed around by the world anymore. And it's a lovely film, and I think it's a it's a great directorial debut. I wish she'd gotten to make more movies. I wish it were easier to find, but if you can figure out how to rent a movie on Microsoft, you can watch The, in- the End of Innocence, which I highly recommend recommend it's got a great supporting cast including uh john hurd and george Coe and uh, michael madsen and um yeah check it out nice justin gosh not to be unimaginative but since this was joe week um yes. i'm gonna you know it's funny I, I mentioned a little bit about tropical malady but also and god i love syndrome syndromes in a century too and i would say that one but that one i don't think is streamable actually which is a shame because it's an amazing film that I myself have only seen once on the big screen, and it was just unbelievable. So I'm just going to go ho- and go ahead and be relatively conventional and say Uncle Boon Me for my pick this week, because um, I think it's just a great introduction. You know, maybe you don't want to yeah. go out to a theater to see Memoria anytime soon, so you can watch this. It's on Apple or Amazon, Google Play. You know, it's it's, you, it's you very can, yeah, you accessible. Can, you can rent it if you have Fandor. It is streaming. Fandor, it's streaming on there, and it, it encapsulates just so much of what is lovely and inviting and and surreal, but but really playfully, matter of factly surreal about his sensibility. I think it's the it best has, one to start with. I agree with you. It's a this, great. That was the first it's one I like, saw. It's a great starter set, kind of you know, for Happy Chapong, Weird Setakun. And it's got, you know, it's it's set in the jungle, which is where I think his imagination just, you know, his all, you know, actually his, even when he's just in mundane clinical settings, that's fascinating too. But when he is, you know, in that kind of otherworldly, you know, lush tropical zone that he gets into where, you know, there can be talking baboons like out of Tropical Malady or just in this case where there's these Chewbacca, red-eyed Chewbacca monsters <laughs> And um, who are just, you know, really nice to be around. Yeah. This is a nice, this movies are just great company. And they're, they're just a real pleasure. And I actually am overdue to rewatch this one. So I think I'm going to do that soon. Solid, solid, solid. And here comes the iffy pick. Uh, <laughs> Edge of my seat. Edge yeah, yeah. of my seat. Well, you know, I, I, at first I was uh, really afraid of uh, trying to find a way to weave in my staff pick into this week's movie. But luckily, uh, the person hit the hotline really helped me out and uh, allowed me to pick the nice guys as my pick. So, you know, if you didn't check it out and you liked, uh, you know, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, uh, this one's a little uh, updated. It's a it's a it's, it's more it's it's less, you know 
old Shane Black, I guess you'd say. Uh, as the gay on the show, I just want to defend Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Like, it's okay to laugh at the gay jokes in this movie. I think they come from a good place. Ooh, all right. Look, there you go. There you go. Shout out. Alonzo does speak for the people. Exactly. Yes. I have given it the seal of approval. And it's a Christmas oh, movie, right. by the way. Yes. Yes. Oh man. But yeah, that's 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 my pick. Check it out if you haven't. You'll it'll be a fun ride for you, especially if you like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Let's get out of here, but I gotta let you know we are of course a part of the Maximum Fun Network, Woo! which is member supported, which means y'all listening help us keep doing it. Our annual member drive, Max Fun Drive, starts this Monday. As part of the drive, we're doing a live watch along of Dirty Dancing. That's on Saturday, April 30th at 4 p.m. Pacific on my Twitch, which you can find at twitch.tv forward slash ifds. That's I-F-D-E-E-Z. We'll put a link in the show notes. And if you're in the Facebook or on Twitter, you saw the picture that Drea created and got afraid because I was looking <laughs> up her skirt and I was like, have you seen my Twitter? I know uh, you're a nice young boy, Iffy. Yeah, I'm nice. I'm nice. All about consent. But when you want me to be nasty, I'm open to it. <laughs> Justin, thank you so much for being our special Yay. guest and today. Justin! Yes. <laughs> thank you. Any, any plugs? Uh, or let want to let people know where you can find you or your work? Yeah, thank you. Um, you I'm on Twitter rarely, but there, at, uh, Ju- at Justin C. Chang. And you can read my work at latimes.com. Oh, and you can listen to me on NPR's Fresh Air as well every week. Ooh, hell yeah. And the Twitter puns are hot. Hot. I try to keep them coming. <laughs> it's not always easy. All right. Yay, Justin. Dre and Alonzo, it's been a distinct pleasure as always. And look, if you have a comment or suggestion about this week's show, tweet at us at Maximum underscore film. Our Facebook group can be found at www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Maximum Film or send us an email at Maximum Film at Maximum org or voice memo if you want to send something to the hotline. But seriously, to the person who dropped one today, who are you? We're going to get Tilda Swinton on the case. <laughs> I could hear the voice. Our producer is Marissa Flaxbart. Our senior producer is Laura Swisher. And this is a production of Maximum Fun. Bye-bye. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.